From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, April 28th. Camping in the North Klondike Bluff area is now officially limited to a new developed campground, at least for camping on Bureau of Land Management land. BLM representatives are celebrating the campground, which can accommodate RVs, trailers, tents, and yes, does have vault toilets. They say the campground will help reduce impacts on resources like vegetation and fossil sites. It was made possible with partners like Grand County and the state's Office of Outdoor Recreation. We check in with Jennifer Jones, Assistant Field Manager for the Recreation Division at the BLM's Moab Field Office. The new North Klondike Campground is what we're talking about today. Um, If I remember right, did this process start a few years ago? And, you know, why did it start? What was happening out there that sort of triggered a need for um, a designated campground? You're correct. Yes, the process started a number of years ago um, in terms of planning. And an environmental assessment was completed back in late uh, 2019. It was signed in September of 2019. The situation out there had become fairly challenging. Um, The experience that folks were going for, whether it was to view the paleontological resources or the world-class mountain bike trail system, had really been diminished by all the dispersed camping, uh, a lot of off-road travel and resource damage associated with that. So the desire was to correct those problems and address the issues and provide great amenities um, to continue the, you know, access to those paleontological resources as well as the mountain bike trails and hiking trails in the area, but without the resource damage. The, the resources, again, not just paleontological, but also um, the vegetation, um, the denuding of vegetation caused by the off-road travel, um, that is also part of a grazing allotment. So, um remembering that BLM is a multiple-use agency and we're trying to to manage for all sorts of things in one particular location and provide those hardened amenities for the camping to to continue to occur, but without the the same resource damage. You know, resource damage, trampling on vegetation, um, was it human waste? Can you you talk a little bit about that? You bet. It was was both and all of the above. So we had a lot of off-road travel, people just driving vehicles to create new camping spots. Sometimes they were driving vehicles and literally camping on top of um, paleontological resources or on top of the mountain bike trail systems. Um, The solid human waste and associated toilet paper was definitely pervasive. Um, We'd also partnered with the Southeastern Utah Health Department just because they had concerns, and Grand County themselves had expressed concerns of the the damage out there, the off-road travel, the denuding of vegetation, the human waste, um, and also trash, just general refuse in the area. You know, the Moab Field Office manages... 1.6 million acres of public land for dispersed camping. So that's like 91% of the field office for dispersed camping. Are there other areas in Grand County where the Moab field office is ranged that might need a process like this one? Um, We have begun a planning process for three additional polygons to address the resource impacts that are being created from off-road travel associated with dispersed camping. And those will be coming out probably in the next month or two. Obviously, with anything we do in terms of a federal action, it will be posted on the e-planning website. 
and opportunities for public involvement will will be um, included in that process. Um, one of those areas would be sort of uh, north and west of the 191 and the Potash Road, sort of the mineral mineral bottom area, large polygon that would include the Binky Wells and uh, the the area off of three, north of 313 that's seeing quite a bit of dispersed camping and the associated issues. If I can, if I can chime in, that's BLM Public Affairs Specialist Rachel Wooten also on the call. The challenge here, right, is. A lot of people come visit, and people come to enjoy the beautiful scenery, the the place, the things that make this area so special. And in areas that are seeing a huge influx of dispersed camping, that can impact those resources and impact people's experience when they come visit. And so, you know, while we love to provide these opportunities for, you know, people to have dispersed camping, there are some places where it's just not feasible to that going when people's experiences and the resources are impacted. And are you seeing impacts like, for example, with North Klondike, people were camping out there because you have access to all these mountain bike trails, amazing mountain bike trails, and also paleontological resources. Is that kind of the pattern that you're seeing, like a really sweet spot to go check out and people stay there? Certainly the amenities draw people in, um, like a world-class mountain bike trail system, but we're also seeing a common trend of our developed campgrounds are full. And so people are just looking for a place to lay their head and to camp and to have whatever the activity they've come to experience be, you know, an, an opportunity to exist. And the dispersed camping notion works much better when you have dispersion. And here with the 3 million visitors a year, we're seeing some very concentrated impacts um, in those areas that are open to dispersed camping. That being said, even with the three polygons that we're looking um, to work through, we're still, I think it's less than 9 or 10% of the 1.8 million acres that is limited to developed campgrounds or campsites. Jennifer Jones, Assistant Field Manager for the Recreation Division at the BLM's Moab Field Office. Staff is celebrating the new North Klondike Campground. Jones says they are also trying to use new technology to make this campground and others more accessible. North Klondike has scannable QR codes for campers to pay for their campsites. And as of last week, a remote automated kiosk that takes credit cards using a cell modem and solar panel was installed at Horse Thief Campground, the BLM's biggest. For more info on the BLM's latest developed campground, check the show notes of today's news at our website and podcast. The U.S. Department of Agriculture announced it will be investing millions of dollars in the San Juan National Forest. Rocky Mountain Community Radio's Lucas Brady-Woods reports. The $3 million investment will go towards forest restoration work through the Collaborative Forest Landscape Restoration Program and will be implemented over the next 10 years. The funding is meant to expand existing projects across lands managed by different jurisdictions, such as the federal government, state agencies, indigenous communities, and private landowners. That's important because environmental issues don't stop at man-made boundaries. Jason Lahan is the USDA's Shared Stewardship Coordinator for the San Juan National Forest. He says one reason for the investment is that stakeholders in southwest Colorado are set up to address forest management in a collaborative way. We really need each other to make this happen, and then acknowledging that dependency on one another 
and then actually planning together. We're, we're identifying those areas where we need to do work together um, and then, you know, initiating and engaging in, in planning and developing projects. Lahun also says a collaborative approach allows for forest management efforts to be implemented over a wide area, which is important due to the large scale of many environmental problems. A major goal of the investment will be to mitigate the risk and impact of wildfires, but also to address watershed health, wildlife habitat, and local economies. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Cortez, Colorado. New outdoor watering restrictions are coming to Southern California. They're the latest sign that drought is forcing changes for life in the West. Alex Hager with our partners at KUNC has more. The new rules will limit outdoor watering to just one day a week, affecting six million people supplied by the Metropolitan Water District. Adele Hodge-Khalil is the district's general manager. Although a lot of us like green lawn, now we're facing the challenge between green lawn and our health and safety and water for our livelihood. These restrictions were triggered by intense drought within California, but the region draws a quarter of its water from the Colorado River. Local governments throughout the Colorado River Basin are rolling out rules about watering, some even considering bans on lawns and grass, all in an effort to stretch a shrinking water supply. I'm Alex Hager. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, April 28th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.